Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you know, the last several weeks and for another week or so, um, our general theme of worship has been focused, right? And it starts with Jesus and the focus that he had for us and for all mankind uh, that he demonstrated when he was here on earth. And also we're considering that focus in our lives also. Last week, uh, thank you to Vicar Kelpine who was here with you, but we, we considered the story of Mary and Martha, and Jesus helped Martha in particular, and he helped us to be focused on God's word, right? It's so easy to lose that focus. But it is important when God speaks, God speaks through his word. It's important that we listen. But we also speak, and we know that God listens to us. So today, Jesus, through his word and through the scripture readings, uh, encourages us in helping our prayer life to be focused, not necessarily only on what we want from him, but what he wants to give us. And the two scripture lessons, the Old Testament and the New Testament, they're helpful that way and they're very instructive, right? Um, It's easy in this world that's sinful and unbelieving, it's very easy to get frustrated, right? But like Abraham, let us remember to pray for the unbelieving and the ungodly world. It's easy to criticize our leaders and government officials and rulers, those who govern us, because like us, they're imperfect, okay? But as Paul encouraged Timothy, let us pray for those that are in authority. And in both cases, let's do so with one thing first and foremost in mind, right? The salvation of many. We heard that coming through in both of those lessons. Well, in the gospel reading from Luke for today, and we're looking at that more closely here for a few minutes, Jesus' disciples come to him and ask him a favor. Lord, teach us to pray. They had just seen Jesus spending time with his heavenly Father in prayer. And it wasn't the only time. If you're familiar with the gospels, you know that Jesus often and regularly took time away from his disciples, away from the crowds, to spend time and speak to his heavenly Father in prayer. So the disciples considered Jesus somewhat of an expert in prayer. They probably thought, like like I think, like we think, if Jesus, the perfect, sinless Son of God, thought it was so important to regularly and spend good chunks of time speaking to his heavenly Father? Well, then we, who are not perfect and sinless, how much more don't we need to spend time with our Father in prayer? Okay. And yet I'm guessing that about 10 out of 10 Christians, if, I, if we took a poll, I don't know if we could do it here, by, but 10 out of 10 Christians, I'm pretty sure, think that their prayer life could be better. 
I don't know if anybody disagrees, and if they do, would they be willing to, to raise their hand? I, I don't think so. It's true, though. And kind of that first hymn talks about it. We don't always appreciate the privilege that we have in prayer. And we don't always take advantage of the privilege that we have in prayer. And I, as I was thinking about it, I think sometimes we might even, you know, you could think of it this way. A Christian who doesn't pray as often as he even would like might seem to be kind of a, a humble type of thing. Not wanting to bother God. But in reality, a Christian who doesn't pray isn't it more of an arrogant thing? Like, he doesn't need help or thinks he has to resolve his problems on his own? Oh, what peace we often forfeit, right, as we sang. Um, in this life, and speaking with the children, talked about this a little bit, when problems present themselves, and to be honest, they're not just physical and material problems, they're spiritual problems. Uh, but with the material problems, we call an expert, plumber, electrician, whoever it might be. In spiritual terms, problems will come. It's not whether they might or not, but it's just when spiritual problems will come. Relationships, our health, and no doubt about it, our health affects our spiritual uh, well-being. Raising children, living in an unbelieving world, some of the things that we, the lessons kind of bring before us and bring to our attention. We need help. <laughs> and yeah, we have God's word. As we talked about last week, but God's word isn't kind of like a manual that we can just apply and fix things. God's word is living and active, right? It has direction. It has solutions. But more importantly, it feeds our faith and it gives us the power of God. And so God along with his word, which is living and active and powerful, but he's also given us another powerful tool that really, in his mind, works together. Okay? Just as God speaks and we listen, but God has given us prayer. Okay? Martin Luther once called it, it seems so simple, it's just talking to God, opening your heart, but Martin Luther called it the most difficult of all tasks. And I think most of us, as I said, 10 out of 10, we kind of see what he's talking about. So like the disciples this morning, we can ask, Lord, teach us to pray. But in reality, in a sense, we don't need to know how to pray as much as we need the encouragement to pray from Jesus. Remember la uh, last, I know because I looked at his sermon, but Vicar Josh 
talked about practical ways that we can spend time in the Word, like maybe in the morning or in the evening, whatever. We could do the same thing with prayer. But as you think about that gospel lesson that we heard, there's not so much about how to do it as there is the encouragement to do it. So I want to just think back, and um, I'm going to read the first four verses again. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we also, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. You notice a couple things, right? This is what we call the Lord's Prayer, and we use the Lord's Prayer regularly. But you probably noticed also something. Anybody notice? There's some words missing <laughs> from the normal Lord's Prayer that we use. Um, it's because of Matthew and Luke both give us a version of this account. And Luke, and God in his wisdom has given us through Luke maybe a shorter version. And maybe just one thought on that. The Lord's Prayer, from God's point of view, wasn't given to us to be strictly recited verbatim, mindlessly repeated time and time again, and that way it'll be heard. It's more of a model, isn't it? And even in the Bible, there's slightly different versions of it. It serves as a model for us. It's helpful for us in many ways. In particular, this. And now I'm referring back to the traditional Lord's Prayer that we use. Have you thought about this? Have you heard? I'm sure other pastors have mentioned this. How many spiritual petitions... How many material petitions are in the Lord's Prayer? Count them up. Six spiritual, one material. What does that tell us? Should we not be asking God about our material needs and physical? Of course not. But maybe he's pointing us to what's really, again, as our theme, not what we want from God first and foremost, but what God wants to give us. Okay. So whether in church or at home or morning, evening, noon, night, middle of the night, Jesus encourages us to pray, to come to him, to be, and the Lord's Prayer helps us be focused in our prayer life. I want to skip ahead real quickly to verses 9 and 10 as we walk through here. So um, verses 9 and 10, Jesus tells his disciples, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. With those three words, Jesus encourages us. Ask, seek, and knock. Right? Maybe, again, an encouragement. There's not one way. <laughs> the variety of words even that Jesus uh, uses encourages us to ask. Ask in humility, like Abraham. Did you catch that in the Old Testament? How many times? I'm just dust and ashes, Lord. 
Lord, who am I to come before you? You are the Lord of all. Abraham came before the Lord with all reverence and due respect, and yet he came before the Lord full of confidence, right? Allow me to speak. Just one more time, Lord. And with all confidence, he asked that the Lord would spare that city of Sodom. Ask, Jesus said. Seek with intensity, with enthusiasm, knowing that whatever we ask, even if it's imperfect, even if it's mistaken, God will know how to bless what we ask for and give us something better than even we ask for. Knock then with persistence. Knock like I probably shouldn't say, but uh, I, I can't even think of it. It's um, <laughs> it's uh, I'm sorry, Penny. Who is who is uh, what's the show with Penny? Is a comedy. Somebody help me out, and I'm glad that nobody knows it because it's not the Big Bang Theory. How uh, Sheldon goes to Penny's door and he goes, Penny, Penny. Penny, until she comes, he's kind of socially, you know, awkward. Or like a child who comes and says, Mom, 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 turning up the volume, right? Ask with persistence. Since I've given you some examples, you know, even though they're kind of slightly different, but let me give you a couple examples of prayers that are not so God-pleasing. I've prayed, but I didn't get what I, what I asked for. I guess prayer doesn't work all that well. God, if you're up there, help me. Or the prayer of a fisherman who once said, Lord, I haven't bothered you one time in 15 years. But if you just this one time give me what I'm asking, I'll stop bothering you. Are those prayers pleasing to God? There's something lacking, isn't there? The confidence. The faith that through Jesus, God is listening because he loves and he wants nothing but our good and our eternal good and our salvation. When we pray in Jesus' name, he will listen. He will respond. The door will be open. No prayer is ever ignored by God. No petition falls on deaf ears. If someone doesn't get what they ask for, it can only mean that God is giving them something better. Ask for a Tesla? God could give you something even better. Ask for a million dollars? God can give you something even greater. And so he continued, Jesus continued giving a couple other illustrations to his disciples. The one about the friend in bed with his children, and the friend comes and knocks on his door. Give me three pieces of bread. Did you hear that? He will, he will get up and give, that, give those three pieces of bread. 
Not because of his friendship. What was the term? Because of your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That is the God who is always waiting to hear and listen to you. The one who delights in shameless audacity. Not because you are God's friend. Understand me correctly. And not because God is your friend, but simply because you need his help. And when you ask with that shameless audacity, you will get what you need. Okay? And then the last little illustration, uh, which of you fathers, kind of focusing in, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's a little bit of a not-so-subtle cut there. If you, even though you are evil, kind of a recognition of what we do at the beginning of our service when we confess our sins. We recognize our sinfulness. But even sinful fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. So how much more will God, our Heavenly Father, give to those who ask? What a privilege that we have. We can march right into the throne room of the King of the universe, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, and ask for anything, and you will get it. What is it? Remember those two phrases, just so we're not mis mistaken. As much as you need, and your Father will give you the Holy Spirit. Okay? Tesla, a Tesla, or a million dollars, might be like a snake and a scorpion. Right? But know that God will give you everything that He wants to give you His love, His kingdom, the forgiveness of your sins, His Holy Spirit. So, from our point of view, that now that helps us understand what we talk about with the children that when we pray for something, yeah, sometimes God says yes and we get what we pray for, sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says, wait, in a little while. Okay? All of those indicate that God is listening and understanding and answering and, asking, answering and responding for our good. Okay. I have a favorite um, quote that I want to use here. Um, from time to time, I use it in different settings. The author is... I don't know if anybody at G.K. Chesterton, um, Christian from a number of years back, he said this, um, the Christian ideal, living as Christians in this world, it has not been tried and found wanting. Rather, it has been found difficult, and left untried. 
Shall I repeat it again? Our faith, living as Christians in this world by the grace of God, by his, by Jesus, it's not something that's been tried and found lacking. Rather, it's been found difficult and left untried. Let's apply that to our prayer life, no? Our prayer has not been tried and found lacking. Rather, it has been found difficult and maybe left untried. Have you ever tried praying and been tempted to think it doesn't work? Have you given up convinced that God isn't listening or confused because God doesn't seem to answer? Or do you just keep trying, but it's a struggle, and it's not much fun? Jesus helps us keep our focus and keep on praying. Why? Because we have a Father who loves us. We have a Savior who has forgiven us through his death and resurrection who lives to hear us and has promised to hear us. And because we know that those first two are true, we know that his promise to hear us is also true. And so we pray, Lord, teach us to pray. There was an elderly man Nearing death, his daughter called her pastor and asked if he wouldn't visit with her father. And as they talked, the elderly man told the pastor, I don't know how to pray. So the pastor took a couple minutes, but then he simply took a chair, placed it in front of the man, and he said, just talk to Jesus as if he were there in front of you. Didn't give him a lot of instruction. Just talk to Jesus as if he were there. A few days later, the daughter called the pastor. He said, Pastor, my dad passed away. But I found him with his head on, the, on this chair and with his arms wrapped around the chair. Jesus took him home while he was praying. Lord, teach us to pray. And one day, take us home <laughs> while we are praying. Amen. May the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding may keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.